When it comes to hard work, there's one important rule. Pick the right tool for the right job. That's why Chevy offers a family of Silverado pickup trucks designed just for the job. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. Shine bright, and that is Marsha Ball. Marsha, should we blame everything on you? I mean, we've been blaming everybody else, so should we? <laughs> do you want to take the blame, Marsha? No, 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 no. No, it's David. It's David. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Marsha. <laughs> How are you, Marsha Ball? I am wonderful and so happy to hear your voice. Oh, thank you. Well, back at you, lady. It's been way too long. <laughs> and you were here. Uh, Indeed. You were at the, the world's greatest uh, uh, roadhouse, uh, Fitzgerald's, for the 4th of July celebration. And then you went back home. Are you yeah. Are you back in Austin now? No, no, no. We went from there to... Uh, where have we been? We went to Ann Arbor. We went to Minneapolis. Oh wow! We we were last night. We were in uh, Three Oaks, Michigan, Michigan at the, at the Acorn. Acorn Theater. Yes, at the Acorn, and then tomorrow night we're up in Wisconsin at the Thrasher mm-hmm. Theater then- in. Um, in Green Lake. Right. And then Sunday, you're going to be at one of our favorite places along at with the Space, space in Evanston. Oh, yeah. yeah. Love yes. space. Yes. Yes, well, I do that, too. Well, I have to ask you, after all that we've all been through in the past couple of years with the pandemic, how does it feel to be back on the road? Amazing. I mean, it was really scary at first. I, mean, I really I had to do a lot of... Uh, of uh, self uh, self confidence building mm-hmm. uh, in the course of getting back out here, uh, you know, I'd always feared losing momentum, and uh, and it seemed like that was something that that kind of happened, and and then just get back into the stride of it, and 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 making the plans required to get out on the road has been the hardest part. Being at the gig, playing the gigs, that's the cool, easy part. Hmm. But getting there is harder than ever. Yeah. So um, it's been a real, it's been interesting. But, oh, my gosh, to be back out and the crowds are so enthusiastic. You can just feel the energy and the, and, and especially right now. I mean, people are telling me at, at the end of every gig, we just needed to, to be distracted. We mm-hmm. just needed to yep. be entertained yeah yep yeah amen and and during the pandemic uh we understand that that you have spent a lot of time you working on a play now i a friend of mine who's very well known uh successful writer named lawrence wright wrote a play some years ago about texas politics and in a few years ago, he decided he wanted to make it a musical, and he's very well connected. So we were talking about kind of a high level of possible production, and we started writing songs, and it was really fun. And then the lockdown came, hmm. and um, so there were no performances. There was no Broadway, and um, so he has explored various ways to uh, get this thing out and. Interestingly enough, one of them was a podcast, but that meant we had to expand this project from a two-hour play to maybe eight episodes. So he kept writing and uh, the the book, and we kept um, writing the songs. And, and so at this point, we've probably got 50 songs that we've written, 
And now we, we're not sure what what's going to happen with it. We're examining all our our options, but it was really a lot of fun. Oh my gosh, fifty songs! Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it was Larry and his son Gordon Wright, who lives in Evanston, mm-hmm. who's a wonderful singer and a songwriter, and and I, who did the the songs. And uh, now Larry has actually created a book, a novel based on the play. So that guy never never slows down. If we he, want to keep, he won the Pulitzer. He Larry won the Pulitzer for. Um, a book called The Looming Tower about Al-Qaeda. Oh, okay. Okay, all right. If we want to keep up yeah. with this project, though, what's uh, what's the name of it? How do we say, oh, we heard about this well, right on the now, radio? It's tentatively, it's tentatively called Mr. Texas. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, and it's about a, a young West Texas rancher who finds himself um, in the state legislature mm-hmm. uh, of texas and and uh his mentor who's a lobbyist expects him to be uh to bulla uh available and he's not as it turns out so um yeah it's a it's a cool story yeah i i want to take just a moment because um i, I have to share with you what happened tonight with us doing the show we um came in here after the uh, afternoon drive personality lisa dent and she said oh i saw marcia in new orleans oh my god it was the best show ever followed by our very next our very first guest of the night he goes oh i've seen marcia every time she was at fitzgerald's literally every guest that's been in the studio tonight or on the phone he said oh I can't. Does that ever get old when people go, oh, Marsha, I can't believe. I saw you fill in the blanks. Uh, tonight there was an Austin, uh, a New Orleans, a Fitzgerald's, uh, you name it. Well, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate that I've got, you know, I get so many strokes. It's so. It's so uh, but but not too much, you know. I, I can I can go to a restaurant, you know. Yeah. It's not like I get mobbed or anything. Right. So yeah, I'm I'm spoiled rotten actually. <laughs> in fact, I just pointed out. I just told my husband that uh, all the guys at Home Depot recognize me <laughs> when I go in there. There's a there's a song yeah, in that. I, I think. I know. I think there is there's something there, but yeah, I think the one thing I think a lot of the guys who work at Home Depot are, are probably close to my age, and in Austin they're old hippies, you know, <laughs> and this is what they're doing now. So they they recognize yeah. me. And Gordon, my husband, he said, "Well, do you get better deals?" And I said, "No, but I get real good service." <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> now, now I'm going to do kind of an expose, a peek into the private life of Marsha Ball. When you go to home, when you go to Home Depot, what are we most likely to find you looking for in Home Depot? Well, uh, for one thing, I love hardware stores, and I always have. Mm-hmm. So, and also, I'm a master of scut work. I just I like to do work um, like that. So, I like to build things. And one thing that during the pandemic during the lockdown the first summer of that my grandsons and i were building a boat from a kit 
mm-hmm. a, a very a small little you know input yeah uh, kit boat. So that took me to to the uh, lumber yard a lot, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then I've, I've got a rent house. Uh, I've got a rent house, and so uh, I'm always having to do something with that. Mm-hmm. And then we live in a house that. Uh, was built in the 30s and the 1930s so there's always something there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the other thing is uh, i love plants so oh now you're singing I hardly my, yeah. ever get out of there without a plant yeah you're singing my song in now in spite of the fact in spite of the fact that i i feel like austin in in 50 years is going to be phoenix oh it's so yeah. hot and dry yeah yeah i know we just but, got back but, from florida but, and oh yeah, hope springs eternal. So uh, you know, I, I go in and I buy the plants. Yes, I hear you. We're talking with Marsha Ball, and Marsha is—if you don't know her music, you got to get hip to the music because we're talking about phenomenal. I just—it'll get your blood pumping. Uh, great pianist and just a great show person too. And she's going to be at Space in Evanston on Sunday night, but she's going to be with us for a few more minutes. So stay with us on WGN. Got to find somebody who will treat me right. That's Marsha Ball from an extraordinary album called Shine Bright. And Marsha is going to be shining bright at space this Sunday night. Yes, busy, busy woman spending a few minutes with us. Marsha, for people who are not familiar with, with you uh, as a pianist, when did you start playing piano? Because uh, We were talking about you off the air with some of our earlier guests. The piano was like an extension of you. And it's just so incredible to watch you play because it's so much fun. So when did all that start for you? Well, my grandmother played piano, and my aunt played piano, her daughter, my Aunt Meredith. And um, so when I was five or six years old, starting school, (laughs) uh, the piano appeared in our living room, and um, my lessons began. So... Uh, my grandmother would pick me up and take me to to lessons, pick me up from school. And um, so I, I took lessons uh, from the time I was about five till I was 14. And then I kind of set it aside for, uh, you know, high school pursuits, playing sports and chasing boys, <laughs> driving cars. And <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so... And, and then um, after, so, but it's always been a part of my life. Um, I'm old enough that when, uh, in our family, when the Sunday dinner was over, Sunday lunch was over, we didn't gather for a football game in front of the television. We gathered around the piano nice. at my grandmother's house. Yeah. And somebody always, you know, we all played. Somebody mm-hmm. showed off what they knew and what they had been working on. So, uh, I'm, and I'm happy to say that uh, I've got two grandsons who are both playing piano now, and uh, and I kind of look forward to, you know, sometime somebody asking them, you know, how did you start? And they're mm-hmm. going to say, well, my grandmother played the piano. <laughs> <laughs> and boy, did she play piano, too. Uh, any of those relatives that um, influenced you as a child, were they playing any house rockin' boogie-woogie piano? <laughs> Well, actually, yeah, they were playing popular music. My oh. my grandmother, the legend is, the story is, that she accompanied the silent films in Lafayette, Louisiana, when she was a teenager. Wow. How cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, and so she played popular music. She had a window box in her dining room full of sheet music, all, you know, the Tin Pan Alley. I grew mm-hmm. up listening to all of that. All those melodies are, are my roots music. And then um, my my aunt played the popular music of her era, of the 30s and 40s and 50s. So uh, I grew up with all of that. They were, they were not classical players. Mm-hmm. They were definitely the popular music of their era, which is really what informed me. And then, you know, I grew up in, in Louisiana. My other grandmother lived in New Orleans, so we were always there. And my aunt, who lived in New Orleans, loved music of that place and, and that time. So she had great records. And so mm-hmm. I got um, kind of a whole, uh, the next generation came to me that way. And now add to that, you live in Austin, so you've got the Austin influence on top of all of this other fabulous music. What a great music city. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And it still is. That's what's interesting. Um, it seemed like in the late 60s, there was a real uh, boom of people moving. All these great guitar players came to Austin mm-hmm. in between like 68 and and the mid-70s and all the Stevie Vaughn and Jimmy mm-hmm. Vaughn and Danny Freeman and Derek O'Brien and um, all, everybody, all the songwriters came to, to town. But it's no less creative now mm-hmm. than it was then. There's an amazing array of talent. And honestly, when I started playing in bands in, in Austin in the early 70s, there were very few women singing. Hmm. And now, oh my God, the talent, the voices, it's amazing. What was the first gig that you were actually paid cash for? Uh, I, think, uh, I, I think that the the band I got in in nineteen about nineteen sixty eight in Baton Rouge, mm-hmm. and our first gig was there were two bars on Highland Road, the road that led the street that led into campus at LSU, and one was the Tiger and the other was the Bengal, and I can't remember which one we played <laughs> uh, first, but that would have been my first paying gig. Uh-huh. Do you remember how much you made? No. <laughs> Probably enough to stop and get a hamburger on the way home. <laughs> but I'll, I'll tell you the sad truth is that I looked back at my calendars. I have calendars all the way back to 79. Wow. And um, I was looking at the early 80s, and uh, we were doing really well then. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, we played a lot. But, you know, a, a, a one night or a gig at, at a at a club in Austin or Corpus Christi or Houston or uh, San Antonio paid, in many cases, just about the equivalent of what they pay now for a lot of bands. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, boy. And now coming out of the band. <laughs> I don't want to bring you, I don't bring you down. But, it, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, I say that people people come out now, they want to... They wanna, uh, Park in 1984 and and pay a 1992 cover. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, wow! They don't want to pay. Yeah, and, and you know, Austin's become a big city now. Yeah. It's well, really, uh, and the South by Southwest uh, certainly helped bring a lot more attention to Austin mm-hmm. with music. 
And that, that yeah, was... Yeah, but mostly it was the tech uh, boom that has really brought yeah. the population there. Yeah, very and, true. Uh, so yeah. it's, it's, very, it's different now. But there are still a lot of venues. And as I said, there's a ton of creative talent. Mm-hmm. Well, for people who are going to come out and see you at uh, Space... What kind of things are they going to hear? Are you going to be doing any new things? or, uh, or, or the, Certainly you'll be doing some things from your Shine Bright album and some of your past albums, but you're going to lay anything new on yeah. them too? We're going to do things, some a few things that, you know, they haven't heard probably uh, because we've been digging around and, and uh, trying to freshen up. And, and another thing I've been doing is kind of going back in time and, and pulling out some songs that, uh, we haven't done in a while mm-hmm. that we did because in the process in the pandemic i didn't really write a lot of songs for me i i, I kind of half jokingly say this because this is a song i wrote but it's not a song that we do but i said the song that i did write about my pandemic experience is called i took to drinking oh. hmm. <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> I bet a lot of people can identify with yeah, that. Amen. <laughs> yeah. I took to drinking. I took to eating. Yeah. <laughs> I took to crying. <laughs> wow. Well, it's a. It's always a pleasure to catch up with you. And I'm telling you, folks, if you want to have a good time, you got to come out and see Marsha. Yep. And it's so. It, it's to me. I feel like there's a little bit of normalcy when I know that you're going to be at Space in Evanston on Sunday. So thank you, thank you, Marsha. It's always no, wonderful to talk you. to you, and it feels some huge safety distance virtual hugs from us <laughs> yes thank you so much and y'all take care everybody take care and uh we are so happy to be back at it and and uh but we, we want everybody to be safe but, amen yeah we'll uh, catch up with you real yeah. soon marcia thank you we love you marcia all right take all care right. thank you love you too